When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and Av, you're a great podcaster, but this could be the end. And I'm Av Sedensky, and Alex, I'm really excited to go see that new biopic about you that's coming out. The biggest asshole to ever roam the earth. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 10, Episode 8, Elizabeth, Margaret, and Philip, which originally aired on March 8, 2020, uh, really like right as COVID was starting. Um, I actually just saw today, I was watching a clip of Norm MacDonald, uh, RIP's stand-up special, or excuse me, just a video of him doing stand-up dated March 8th, 2020, the very night that this episode aired. And oh, he very says, interesting. And he says, um, the episode is called Elizabeth, Margaret, and Larry, though, isn't it? Oh, did I get that in the episode? <laughs> yeah, I think you said Philip. No, I did say Philip, yeah. You know, like I was thinking of the actual person uh, uh-huh. in the British uh, royal family, not the name of the episode. So oh, okay. th- that's a whoopsie-daisy. Well, we episode. don't guarantee a proper Wait, Wait, uh, wait it says Elizabeth, Margaret, and Philip, by the way, on your document on uh, on episode rankings in column oh, one. Really? Oh, is this a constitutional crisis? <laughs> All the records have been wrong. Elizabeth, Margaret. You know what? Yeah, Elizabeth, Margaret, and Larry Curb. Elizabeth, Margaret, and Margaret and Philip Curb. Or like when you type Elizabeth, Margaret, they both pop up as like search uh, terms on Google. All right, I switched it. Yeah, you're right. We mm-hmm. had it wrong in the curb, Michigan's uh, spreadsheet. Yeah. It's all Michigas. All right. So, yeah, Elizabeth, Margaret, and Larry is what the episode's actually it's now, now it's Michigas, but at least it's correct Michigas. Yes, at least. Um, but, yeah, so I was saying he had a funny joke. He said something like how nobody knows how they're going to die. He's like, well, except now. Now we all know how we're going to die. <laughs> right. Um, but that's not what he died from, right? No, he died from cancer. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. Um, not from cancer. He <laughs> no, showed them. He did. He did. Yeah. Um, Okay. And yeah. Oh, so yeah. When is that coming out? I'm excited for that. I'm a big Dorm fan. So. Oh, oh, this, oh this last. Oh, I, I, I think I forget. They, they just announced that like Netflix yeah. has some like, you know, yeah. last the 23rd secret or show. something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah. Have you ever uh, gotten a Manny Petty off? Um, no, I did recently go to a nail salon for the first time because like I like split my nail. And okay. my wife was, was like, you could just go to a nail salon. They'll fix it for you for like $2 because yeah. it was like annoying. And yeah. like, I didn't want it to like rip. And like mm. you, it was starting to hurt. And I'm like, mm. I, like I, put, I kept like putting band-aids on it. And like I went there like they took them like three minutes. They just like glued it and then like painted it. And I was mm. like, oh, okay. Yeah, these, people know, these people know what they're doing with nails. Yeah. Did you have French tips? No, no. It mm. was, you know, Disappointing. It was, <laughs> yeah, there wasn't much uh, paraphernalia. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, I think I got. The the one manicure is your is your hands, pedicure is your feet, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I got a manicure once. Um, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I did. I remember like going there with my with my now wife and 
I remember them like just basically filing my nails and like making them like very like I don't know. It was almost like a hand massage. Interesting. Yeah, I don't really remember the um the context there. I got a facial once with her as well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We once did a couple's massage, which we never oh. did again because oh, really? We've d- I, I'm a big fan of those. Yeah. So I don't like massages and mm. my wife doesn't like getting a massage with someone who doesn't like getting a massage and is annoyed the whole time. Okay. Which is understandable. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah. No, I, I find it very unpleasant to mm. like they too, like it, it much, hurts too much rubbing and touching. I, yeah i mean it just i always found it like it was just like uncomfortable for the most part i mean i've got i've got like once or twice when like i had like an injury and like it was yeah. specific and that was helpful but like just to go and just eh, i've never it's not my yeah. thing i went twice in one morning for an injury recently yeah yeah <laughs> and I had uh, two different experiences uh both very interesting um all right so should we hop right into curb though let's hop into it um we're in the final days here Season 10, episode 8. Uh, just two more to go after this. But tonight we have for you, Elizabeth, Margaret, and Larry. Mm. Who plays Philip? Uh, who plays Philip? Yeah. Oh, and in the crown? Never mind. <laughs> in, in, the, in, the, in the whole thing that they do in the episode, right? Where Cheryl is Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her sister is Princess Margaret. And Larry right. is Prince Philip. Yes. Yeah. The reason why we mixed up the all right, never mind. Let's just carry on. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, okay. I know where I know where it came from. Mm. Um no, because they talk about the crown later. So I thought you were asking about who plays him in the crown. Yeah. In the when he's older or younger, which, which I don't even know. I don't I don't know. I I don't like that show. Oh, I like the crown. It's a good show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I find it to be like the most awful thing. Mm. I mean, I um, think I think like racism is the most awful thing, but you know. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, this is slightly worse than racism. Um, no, the only thing that's worse actually is Downton Abbey. That, that I really thought was I, like the absolute worst. Yeah, I didn't watch that, so I can't say. There was like a five episode arc. It was like somebody slept in the wrong room. It was like a big scandal. <laughs> I was like, this is like the lowest stakes show I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. So um, if I wanted a long boring story that doesn't end, I have my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, yeah, so we're at Jeff's house, um, and Larry uh, asks what you just asked me, whether I've ever had a Manny Petty before. And Jeff tells him he had a manicure once. Can I say, um, I think yeah. I would actually love a pedicure. I love, you know, those things that, like, um, when a person comes back from a pedicure, they have that thing that sort of separates their toes. Mm-hmm. I love those things so much that my wife actually got me a bunch, like a packet of them <laughs> once. Because, actually, as I'm sitting here right now, I just love to have my toes, like, separated. I like the feeling of like, you know, my toes being free. Yeah, so I mean, if you if you have like interest in your like your feet feeling a certain way, then you probably would like a pedicure. Yeah, maybe I should do that. Yeah, I twiddle my toes a lot. Twiddle them. Mm. Yeah, I'm I, like constantly doing it without you, realizing the, the way you're twiddling like your fingers. You mean like what do you mean exactly? Yeah, they're kind of just like flicking up and down. Mm. Like they like my wife calls them twinkle toes. <laughs> Little twinkle toes. Yeah, my my kids do the do it also. Mm. What I do, which my kids have picked up on now, is I like I fold my toes over each other. Mm-hmm. So I fold my fifth toe over my fourth toe, my fourth toe over my third toe, 
it's hard to get the third on the second unless you sort of do it manually with your fingers. <laughs> it's hard to stay in that position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Human beings are weird. We, we, we do weird things. Yeah. My, my wife hates feet, so I'm sure she would not be a fan of this conversation. Uh, so does she get pedicures? Um, hmm, yeah. Well, does she? Well, she certainly has before because that's where I learned about the separator things. So she's a hypocriticizer. Well, I don't think she. Well, she likes right. to get She likes to get pedicures. Yeah, but she, she doesn't like to give pedicures. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. Well, what, a, what a selfish pitch. <laughs> Won't give a pedicure. <laughs> mm. she, she, pedicures she, for her. Yeah. she never gives me one. Yeah, she, she, she does. She does give herself. So she's a master pedicurist. I guess. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I would. Yeah, maybe. A, no, I would sooner get a manicure than a pedicure. Mm. I mean, no, I mean, yeah, I'd rather have the pedicure because I feel like I'm more interested in someone touching my feet than my hands. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm learning things about myself today. Larry says that the toes are the second ugliest mm. uh, body part after the testicles. Yeah, the I testicles think, are the most repulsive. I think Jen's uh, pretty much up. Well, I don't know about the testicles part, but she's on board with the foot part. Yeah. Yeah, feet are very very weird looking. I mean, they're very functional. So it's like, you know, you can't always go with aesthetically pleasing. I mean, uh, can I say testicles, same thing. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> they get they get they get their jobs done. All of them. yeah. No, I mean feet are feet are more functional. Like meaning like they like specifically are designed a certain way to be like you know accomplished more versus like the, the testicles don't have to like be, be like saggy and gross and look. I mean from, the like, testicles actually you would think why are they and I mean I know there's reasons about body heat and stuff but like it is very strange. Uh, intelligent design we have that that the testicles are not like you know protected more and they're like right considering like the importance to like the continuation of the species yeah no they're important right they should be yeah. kept in a safe place not yeah. just like out of the open yeah, <laughs> yeah. very very, very foolish very foolish yeah. Right, uh, but yeah no. for God. yeah but like the feet like they need to be kind of like oblong that way and like you know that makes them you know work better so we well forgive. I mean do, like there's other animals that seem to have better feet than us right the rest of the animals don't wear shoes and can, you know, last much longer and run much further. You know, elephants and cheetahs and, and deer with their hooves. <laughs> That's like a Larry David. Uh, <laughs> I look at the deer with the hooves and the fuel. And the, the, the stupid donkey. Yeah. <laughs> the, the donkey, yeah, I think, has better feet. I mean, humans are like the worst feet. We have to get all kinds of special shoes and arches and this and that and padding <laughs> and like surgeries. And like we have a whole spec. Like there's no like animal podiatrist. Well, there's not, that's not just because the animals are all perfect. They also don't have money. I mean, but like there are people who like will take their ad, they're like, will spend tens of thousands of dollars on their stupid pets, but they're not doing it on their, they're, they're no like special. I don't know. Maybe there are, maybe, are there, are there like podiatric veterinarians, like specialists for the foot? I'm sure there's everything. And it's people are versus, crazy with animals. This foot versus hoof. Is that a different specialty? Well, didn't we, we just we had this with the veterinarian on curb? Yeah, but we didn't have these particular questions. Not By these the way, questions, but it, it was these weird. kind of questions about like the specialties say, of. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, that's true. Larry had those questions. Nobody okay. wears a shoe except humans. I said, but horses also wear shoes. But in their case, it's let me just take a spike and slam a piece of metal into the bottom of your foot. That seems very uncomfortable, doesn't it? Yeah, but do horses like do all horses have horseshoes or just like well, the, the ones who are ones? Like the ones who are gonna like gallop, <laughs> like <you> just have... <laughs> the gallopers. <laughs> I don't know. It's like some are used in different ways than others. I'm, I'm assuming. What are you using a horse for milk? I mean, I don't know. Just some of them maybe they just hang out. <laughs> so there's a farmer who just has horses just to chill with. 
You guys are the gallopers. No, he he's out. there to uh, you know he mates. He uh, you know oh, he's it's like a father figure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. If you're put out to stud, you are a father figure. That's right. your job is to. Um, but I mean the 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 the, the ones who <laughs> maybe he's a he's a learner. One of the horses. Not all of them have to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. We're learning a lot about horses here today. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Jeff um, asks Larry if he remembers Hobie Turner. Hobie Turner. Hobie Turner. I don't remember exactly his name. Is H O B E. Yeah. Which is a made up person. There's a no made up person. Yeah. I, very strange what they do here with this stuff. Especially if you remember an episode zero where they brought in like completely anonymous Seinfeld writers who are real people. Yeah, like, like, and you, just give he's it not, to one of your friends, right? And he's not even in the episode. Like, they could have just said, yeah. like, just like say Alec Berg, like, yeah, exactly, or, sure, or just anyone, or just whatever. Pick some random episode writer that no one's even ever heard of. Like, also yeah. fine. Like, why would they make up a name here? It's very yeah. strange. It's it's a strange choice. Um, yeah. So he tells him that uh, he's making a movie, and the the main character in the movie is going to be a Larry David type hmm. being played by none other than the great John Hamm. Yeah, very very against type. <laughs> Physically, yes. Yeah. John Hamm is a chameleon, though. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I will say that, like, if you don't remember this episode, as soon as you hear that line, you're like, oh, I remember this episode. Yeah, 100%. So the title, not very evocative of, uh, I think, what is the most uh, significant storyline. in the episode. For sure. I, yeah, I had no idea based off the title what it was. I just kind of pieced it together because I knew that uh, Caitlin Olsen was the next episode. And then I, you know, remembered how everything kind of comes in. And um, so I knew it was that. But yeah, the episode gives off nothing. It's like such a throwaway thing, line in the episode for this to be what the uh, the episode title is. It's interesting. What would you title the episode? Um, it's a good question. Why don't we uh, think about that as we go through? I mean, if it was a different kind of show, they could almost it could almost be something like uh, featuring John Hamm playing Larry David. But that's not a thing that Larry da- that this show would do. <laughs> no, certainly, yeah. usually not. You could do two Larry Davids, a second Larry David. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let's think of what would be a better title. Because, yeah, this Bentley. this is a very mysterious title. <laughs> yeah, especially since there's also there's the episode. I don't remember what season where it's like Mary Joseph and yes, the episode where jo- where where Larry steals the manger scene or yeah. hires the manger scene. I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I assume that had to be intentional. That's not a mistake. Maybe I don't even know. Yeah. What about the um the uh the bleeding rectum? How about that for an episode title? <laughs> the bleeding rectum. Yeah, that could be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> you don't forget a bleeding rectum. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe see, maybe there isn't gonna be anything better. Um, but let's see if we could if we could do better. I bet we can. Um so yeah, so uh John wants to uh know if he can follow Larry around for the day tomorrow, just you know, get to know him, see what he's all about, since he's gonna be playing him. And Larry's uh yeah, he's up for it. Sounds fun. Um, so yeah, so Susie and Cheryl come walk on, you know, they come marching on in, and they own the world. And uh, Jeff Jeff gives Larry a heads up that him him and Susie are currently no longer on good terms, which uh, fell quickly, right? Took a turn for the birthday, yeah. Yeah, I feel like last week checked in on them. They were, you know, doing great. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was the near-death experience. Maybe Susie was all excited for that trip to the Bahamas and Jeff nixed it. Yeah, that could certainly be it. Yeah. Um, He's not a beach guy. Yeah, so Cheryl has news. Um, news, 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 news 
that uh, her sister uh, Becky, played by Caitlin Olsen, uh, we haven't other, seen for many years. Many years, yeah. Otherwise known as Sweet D from It's Always Sunny. Mm, yes. Um, yeah, I don't. Have we seen her since the baptism? Uh, since that particular episode. Ooh, that's a good question. Let's see. I'm on IMDb. I can pull it quickly. Let's see how quickly I could pull. She's it. listed pretty low. She's listed below Cassie in the credits. Becky, why well, didn't say what episodes? Um, yeah, I see her episode. She's got seven episodes, and no, she was on the TiVo guy. Is her most recent episode? Uh, oh, Tim Godlin. Yeah, so she was in. Uh, she was in the baptism, and then she was in Mary Joseph and Larry, aforementioned, and then the grand opening, and then the Survivor, and then the TiVo guy, and then uh, this episode. So it's been thirteen years in uh, real time. Oh, it's Mary Joseph and Larry. Yeah, that's I forgot that Larry's the one there also. So then, so then, yeah, I'm much more inclined to believe that it's intentional. Yeah, of course it's intentional. Uh, I didn't realize that it was Larry in both. Didn't we just have this conversation? I knew Mary Joseph. I didn't know that the third oh. one to that was also Larry. Okay, yeah. Uh, maybe the third one was supposed to be Philip. <laughs> Could be. Um, yeah. So, okay. So it's a callback. That's right, I do like how in her first two appearances in Beloved Aunt and The Baptism. Uh, she was credited as Cheryl's sister, Becky, and then thereafter as Becky, such that on IMDb, she's listed as playing uh, the character Becky slash the character Cheryl's sister, Becky. <laughs> Is it possible that uh, Cheryl has twin sisters? Both named Becky. Well, one is named Becky and one is named Cheryl's Cheryl sister. sister, Becky. Yeah. That's like the Berkowitzes from a lunch foot. Yes. They give stupid names like that, too. Just, just yes, exactly. <laughs> are, are, are you Becky? No, I'm Cheryl. I'm Becky's sister, Becky. Yeah, it really, really, really only works in reference to Cheryl, which, <laughs> which would be a strange thing for parents to do. We're going to name our daughter in reference to our other. Yes, all right. That's the only reason it would be strange, of course. Uh-huh. All right, but let's get to their big news. What's yeah, happening to uh, Cheryl's sister Becky? Their I'll big news Becky. is that uh, Becky is selling her house, and the market has done so well that she's actually going to make a few bucks. Mm. Um, and Larry's like, amazing, <laughs> like big payday for everyone. Yeah, and Cheryl's like, Wait, what are you talking about? Like it's Becky's money, it's her house. Yeah. Now th- this is going to become a controversy in this episode, uh-huh. which is so idiotic, and I hate to be a lawyer, <laughs> but like, who has title to the house? This is this is very like straightforward. Either Larry has title and was letting her live there rent free, and then and I, I guess in that case you could have claimed whatever domain, whatever. No, but also then she wouldn't be able to sell the house. Like yeah, yes, or Becky does, <laughs> and Larry has no standing here. Right? Well, it's yes, he for sure he has no legal standing. But the question is whether or not he is owed back some amount for having like given this gift, which which I still say the answer is no, but I don't think it's quite, I don't think it's a pure, just like, is he legally entitled to something here? It's more like, is he, you know, ethically entitled to something for having just like, you know, fronted the money for this and maybe he's entitled but, to some I mean, sort think, of, you know, compensation. Pretty, I still think it's pretty much the same thing. Like at the time that he gave it, did he say, this is a gift or did he say here, we're buying this, but you can live here. Because those are very different things, and you would say it as such. Yeah, no, for sure, yeah. for sure, it was given as a gift, um, and Larry's wrong. But well, I, don't I, don't, think I don't, I don't know the Larry's wrong. Maybe Larry's I think right. he's wrong. No, I think he's completely wrong. Yeah, um, he gave he, a gift. It's fine. It's over. Like you don't get to now, you know, change the terms, which is what, I, which is I what I agree yes, with. What but I'm it, saying, but th- there are people who buy houses 
but then it's and then they let someone live there for free, but they still hold title to the house. Right. Yeah. So if he had done that, obviously it would be a different story. But also, she wouldn't be able to show up with it and say, "Hey, I sold the house." Because well, but <laughs> but they, but they didn't say that she has sold the house. She she's heard that she could sell it for that amount, right? In fact, when Larry comes over, it's clear that she hasn't sold the house because Larry's like, "How are you going to sell the house when it looks like right, this?" Right. 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 That's yeah. True. So I think it's just it. an agent contacted her and said, "Hey, if you're looking to sell this neighborhood's hotcakes, that offer right. you, you know, right, right, my, my um." My, my father-in-law actually, uh, uh, his his some real estate agent just contacted him uh, on Friday to say, uh, like out of the blue, to say, "Do you want to sell your house? You could sell it for X." And um, much like Becky, he was surprprised that he could uh, make a profit on it. Not surprised, yeah. just uh, pleased. Hey, listen, every house is for sale, right? Mm, yes, every There's a number. House, everything is for sale. Everything, I suppose, yes. but like you know. Houses more so. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, real estate more so. Correct. The odds that someone's going to like be like, oh, I need to buy your television. I'll pay you $10,000 for it is very small. How uh, much? People do that with houses. Yeah. How much would I offer you for you to sell me your TV? And, and let me um, add, you have to pay for delivery. You have to, you're responsible for actual delivery. Oh, so I can just drive it to your house. Yeah. Well, yeah. You can, yeah. But you got to schlep it. You got to take it. You know, I'm not I'm not getting off my couch. I mean, not that much. TVs are not expensive. But like so, my TVs are used. Yeah, but so if I offered you a hundred dollars, would you do it? No, more than that. Two hundred. Probably because I could probably get like a new one for like four hundred. Sure, but I okay. All the sweat equity. Okay, so uh, send me a picture of these TVs. I'll see if it's for two hundred bucks <laughs> for me. <laughs> it all might right, be we'll just work. to force you to do it. All right, we'll work something out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I'm not sure why there's a big controversy here. I also like uh, in the scene how Larry does the Seinfeld reference himself, like he does the Kramer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. And I think we've discussed this before, like how little, like relative to you and me and like many of our friends who, by the way, did not co-create the show Seinfeld, how infrequently he makes Seinfeld references. <laughs> right. And he does a terrible Kramer impression. Yeah. Well, we know that because we've seen him try and we've seen him try to a George impression. He does a terrible George. Yeah, he does a terrible Kramer. Yeah, he's very bad. <laughs> you have to interfere. Yeah. In fact, if he asked to join uh, Ali and Jared and I, we would say no. You're a terrible actor. Go ask. <laughs> go ask the guys. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty good. You're not. You're not 32 fans material. No, he's definitely not. Yeah. Um, you know who is 32 fans material? John Hamm. John Mayhem is for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we also this is where we get like the whole background on the Queen Elizabeth, Princess Margaret. Oh yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I like Larry's line where he's like, we bought it for them to live in, not to flip. Like, yeah. as if, like, he's been living there for years. They make it's, it seem it's, it's like, right? Flip, yeah. Right. It's not like she, like, bought it, like, put, you know, you know, fix it up a little bit and is flipping it for a profit. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I assume it happened after the baptism. This was because she was intending to move into a house with her Jewish husband. Right. So, sometime after that, but probably around like 2002. So, yeah, it's been 18 years by now. Yeah. And credit to Caitlin Olson, by the way. She looks uh the, the actress looks like exactly the same two decades apart. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Re- relative to a lot of the people on, on this show. Larry also does, right. but, you know, Larry's relatively unique in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um have you watched the new season of uh Flight Attendant at all? No. I saw season one in uh complete uh, to completion. But was not so motivated to see season two. Should I? I know you like it a lot. Um, I really like season one. Season two, I feel like, is not going to be good because it's like the type of oh, show you, that's going to be. Have you seen any yet? Yeah, I saw the first two. Uh, but Cheryl Hines is in it. That's why I brought it up. Mm. Okay. Yeah. She plays this like uh, CIA person. 
Okay. Um, so yeah, so uh, let's jump into our first clip. Um, it's uh, as you said, we get to see a little John Ham, him and Larry, on their little mandates going to the Chinese restaurants. Twin Dragon. This Hobie Turner movie is like one of the is a big thing for me, and I'm excited yeah. to do it. And you know, the guy is kind of based on you, so the best way I can figure it is to just hang out. You know. <laughs> It's not going to be easy, John. I'm a very complex man, very complicated. I get it, but yeah. I just want to say I'd really appreciate it. You'd appreciate it. Yes, I would. Really? This this word appreciate, it's very, very odd. People seem to think that if they use the word appreciate, all of a sudden, the seas part for them. No. Hey, I'm so sorry that I, I robbed your house and burned it down. I'd really appreciate it if you wouldn't tell the cops. Yeah. Now, I think there's, like, a big difference between appreciate when it's used like preemptively the way Larry's describing it here and like re- like after the fact which like the way that John Hamden because that's just it's just another way of saying thank you yeah I mean the same is a complete synonym for thank you yeah this bit doesn't really work at all for yeah. me and in Larry's um, context basically it's just a synonym for please yeah I don't buy this whole thing this you know they're trying to do a curb thing here like it's, yeah. I don't, it's just it's just not it's not doesn't ring true yeah um yeah they don't so they have some very good observations they made over the years mm. this one's not one of them yeah this is perfect all right let's order the main course yes we should There's so many things on this I can't look at these menus there's so much oh, you know what so just ask them they got, you know what they're doing. <laughs> no, Jerry did this to the mailman inside. Uh, yes, yes. Except, except, except he didn't know he was Chinese. Yes. He didn't write. He didn't know and, he was Chinese. And I thought that Larry was going to try and save himself here and say, no, just because you guys have food that you seem to be enjoying. But no, 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 he's going <laughs> No, no, he's going, he's doubling down. Yeah. Doing this. Excuse me. But uh, what'd you guys get? Well, why do you want to know? Because we're about to order. But uh, you have a menu. Yeah, but I figured, you know, you're the experts. Why not copy you? Why would you think we're the experts? Chinese. That doesn't make us an expert on food. Yeah, yeah, I think it does. I mean, if there was a table of fat people and a table of skinny people, I'd ask the fat people what they were getting. (laughs) Because they're a little more expert at eating than the skinny people. So can we we argue about this? I think (laughs) we had this conversation before, like... Is it true that fat people are more experts on skinny on people than skinny food, or maybe they're just less experts because they're not as selective? Um, yeah, I don't think fat people. I mean, there are certain fat people that like I know that like I very much trust their opinion on food. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but that's also based on you know they've built up credibility with me, not just based on their fat. Yeah. Um, yes, you're not judging. Yeah, you're not judging it because of their obesity. I mean, the fact that they're fat and they eat a lot, they love food, helps. Yeah, but like, not everyone who's fat, mm. you know, is going to have good taste in food. Some people who are skinny have great taste in food, and they just have better metabolism, or they don't eat as much of the delicious food. Yeah. Now, in the curb universe, how famous is John Hamm? Um, I I think as famous as he is in our universe. Because shouldn't like uh this uh this restaurant guy, the the Chinese one, shouldn't his first reaction be, hey, John Hamm? <laughs> and Larry David. You're, well, okay, so Larry David maybe okay, so Larry right, David was not. most yeah. famous for the Fatwa, I guess. That's yeah, no, you wouldn't. You, you, a random person wouldn't know Larry David. Yeah, Is that, uh, they hey, might hey, know John Ham. Your friend seems kind of racist, right? They might know John Ham. John Ham isn't like super famous. He's like very famous in like a small group. I think that even if you don't know John Ham's name, you definitely recognize him. That could be. I mean, yeah, my I mean, parents have never seen an episode of Mad Men. I, I'm sure they know the name. I'm sure they know the face. I don't even know if they could connect the two. <laughs> right. 
but they definitely would recognize him and they've heard the name. Falk. He has a very good looking face. Yeah, it's a good looking face and very distinctive. Mm. It's not it's not a uh, an Uber two like Larry. No, no, yeah. he's much better looking than Larry David. Yeah. He's uh, I would say in many ways uh, the against type. It's like you have he's like literally it's like the uh, it's like the Uber mensch, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, compared to like Larry, like the schlamazzle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Although they could have John Hamm actually gives off kind of a, a little bit of a Jewish energy. Uh, yeah, especially since he, he's, you know, he, he learns the words nicely. Yeah, but like, yeah, they could have picked somebody who was like, uh, you know, very blonde if they really wanted to go in a, the complete opposite direction. Yeah, v- um, v- very waspy ish. Maybe like, yeah, a, kind of- I don't know who Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, but he could like, probably play like a dude from Long Island also. Oh, yeah, he's a good actor. That's true. Yeah, you know, he does like a very good American. Uh, accent. How about, OK, Channing Tatum. How about that? Shannon Tatum would be yeah, more of yes. Yes. <laughs> Um All right, let's finish up this scene. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, all right. I guess we had already finished it up. This is gold. This is gold. Gold, Jerry, gold. Yeah. That's what all Larry's apprentices oh. studies say. Um... Okay, so it is gold, by the way. That scene is gold. John Hamm says it correctly. That scene is gold. Yes. Um, so we go back to this magazine stand where they what the fuck is this thing where they they just like shot a bunch of scenes in the season at a magazine at a magazine stand. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) it's one of you know, one of my pet peeves was I felt like um Seinfeld was a show about New York City. But it was being filmed in L.A. And sometimes the people making it forgot what New York City was a little bit because they've been in L.A. for so long. Mm -hmm. And Curb is kind of the opposite. Right. There's a whole bunch of pedestrian walking and newsstands and things that are much, much more common in Manhattan than they are in L.A. Yeah. And I'm sure they exist in L.A. to some extent, but, you know, not nearly the same way. Yeah, there is a lot of mapping of New York life on L.A. and Curb. Yeah. and also the like everybody bumps into each other is like much more because it's like you have like these self-contained pockets in the city. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're at this like magazine stand, which they decided to make like a, like one of the main characters of this season is this magazine stand. <laughs> um, and uh, Larry is uh, teaching John the, the you know both the definition and the pronunciation of Schmohawk. Mm. Yes, uh, which is great. Great Wonderful. that they bring that back. Wonderful. Yes, love it. Um, <laughs> do, you think, do you think Larry David in real life uses that term? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, his father used to say it to people when he was driving. Oh yes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so Larry's browsing through some magazines, and the uh, the guy who runs the stand tells Larry not to browse. Yeah, which like you can't. I feel like that's not fair. Like you need to allow some browsing at a magazine stand. Uh, they definitely don't, in my experience. Uh, you go go to Barnes and Noble, you can read the whole thing cover to cover. <laughs> Maybe why those things aren't around anymore. Barnes and Noble will let you read all the books in the store cover to cover. You yeah. can just hang out at Barnes and Noble. I mean, and read for when free. I was in high school, going to Barnes and Noble was like an activity for us. Right. And go there, like, read for two hours. Yeah, we would just go there and read the magazines and then, you know, maybe buy one, but, like, you know, read ten. Um, (laughs) Did you go, wait, would you go with, like, to the magazines and take, like, the sports magazines and then, like, make your own charts, like, in, like, in, like, uh, school notebooks? Um, like, oh, I have to adjust everyone's batting average. average. I don't recall doing that. I mean, I definitely did (laughs) it with baseball cards as a kid. You did that with baseball cards? Yeah. You would like you would write down all the everyone's stats and so yeah on, on the pages to put together teams and stuff like that. Awesome. To rank teams and yeah. Oh, so this runs deep. Uh, is is that such a unique thing? I think so. Oh, I don't know. I've never really thought about it one way or the other. 
just you just like transcribe the cards more or less <laughs> yeah i don't I think mean, most people do that yeah um i i understand most people weren't but is it an extremely unique thing to do i don't know let us know um, if you did the same yeah, let, let us know yeah. if you've ever heard of anyone else doing this let yeah. us know. okay all right maybe it runs deep <laughs> um so he, you know, turns out the guy, uh, the guy doesn't own the stand, but he works for the owner. Hmm. And Larry's like, "Oh man, this is like it's such a hard job. Like, what do you do when you need to use the bathroom?" And he's like, There's "Nothing I can do. I can't go." Yeah. So basically, like the the sort of the, the reputation of Amazon, Larry has projected onto like all blue collar jobs. No one's allowed <laughs> to go to the bathroom in the, anywhere in Los Angeles. Yeah, it seems unlikely that the whole, this whole service industry works yes. without bathroom breaks. Yeah, it seems a little bit like uh, abuse of their employees that they have to pay out of pocket to find, you know, uninsured uh, non-employees that they're just having cover for them. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it's truly incredible. But, th- but this is this is Larry's idea, right? This is not Leanne's idea. Yeah, this is Larry's idea. Yeah, because the house has been later, which is a similar idea that is similarly right. idiotic right. and similarly doomed to fail. That was all Leanne. <laughs> That was Leon. Well, yeah. or I don't know if it was it was definitely Leon's idea. It was based on Leon. I don't know who had the idea to make it into an app. Do we have to rewatch season eleven? All right, we're doing that anyway. I think we're doing that anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll try to remember to look that yeah. up. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, oh, I was going to say that it's amazing. Um, like how obsessed Larry is with bathrooms that like in a season where one of the main storylines about like, oh, he's buying this place. And the only thing he really cares about is like what the bathrooms in the, in the coffee place are going to look like. That then there's also like this additional side plot that's all about like, oh, it must be really annoying for people who work at newsstands that they can't go to the bathroom. We should like build an app devoted to, you know, helping those people get to bathrooms. Yeah. No, he's obsessed with it. Obviously. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. It's yeah. all he thinks about all day yeah. is what's like, what if I need a bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Larry's like, so like, do you need to like go to the bathroom? <laughs> like Larry's very concerned for him. And he's like, yeah. He's like, all right, I'll, you know, go. I'll, I'll wait here and I'll watch the stand while you go to the bathroom. And uh, the guy gives Larry the, the apron. But before he goes, he warns him no browsing, which is a real dick move. Yeah. Um, especially yeah, when someone's. But was he warning him or was he just reminding him of what to tell the customers? Oh, interesting. I thought he was giving him advice on how to tell the customers. And that's what Larry does. Larry tells everybody you, else. Nothing. You could be right. I interpreted yeah. as he was telling Larry that he's not allowed to browse. while, like, Which is bullshit. Like, Larry's allowed to browse like while yeah. he's watching the sale. Like, he wants to read a magazine while he's checking. Like, he doesn't just like, stand there at attention. Yeah. Um, I was uh, speaking about the no browsing rule. Jen and I went to uh, Italy for our honeymoon. And cool. we found the Italian people, and I'm going to get canceled here, to be very, very rude, at least the ones we interact with. <laughs> and I'm not like being like, I, I thought I've never, I've been to France and I thought everybody there was one. I mean, I've been to a bunch of places, but like sort of I've been to places where like stereotypically rude to American uh, tourists or whatever. And I thought they were wonderful. I, yeah. I don't think I ever had a similar negative experience in Germany. I was France, in Paris so. twice. Everyone was lovely. Yeah, everybody. And I was in other parts of France also. Everybody's lovely. So, but uh, I did not have that experience in Italy. And in particular, just sort of one extreme example was, that we were in the gift shop of a synagogue in um, in Florence, uh-huh. and um, there was a like a an English there was in the bookstore in the little gift shop there was an English Italian travel guide book, and this is like pre internet I mean this is like pre you know like smartphone so I'm like oh this would be a great like thing to have to you know like you know see stuff to do while we're here and I and I and I pick up the book. And I open it up just to see what's inside it. And a woman comes out of nowhere. Excuse me, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm just looking. And she's like, you're not just looking. You're also touching. 
and she snatched <laughs> the book out of my hands and put it back on the shelf. <laughs> and I amazing. said, and I said, well, how is this to know if I want to buy the book unless I look inside it? And she says, you can look at the cover. And I'm like, you're literally not supposed to judge a book by its cover. It's like a slow, I guess that's not an expression in Italian. So she thought I was like mocking her. So then she called me a rude American and we, like, we, got, and we got thrown out of the store in a synagogue. So yeah, that's my take on Italians. <laughs> Until the la- our last night, every, every Italian person, the last night was like amazing. And we thought it was almost like God, like sending them there to like save the reputation from the uh, previous week. Mm. But um, yeah, but the, wo- the woman in the synagogue, unrepentant. Um, books by their covers and did not allow me to touch it. We um we went to uh, Italy for our baby moon, as they oh. call it. Yes. So meaning my wife was pregnant at the time, and we got very thrown off that like everywhere we were going, like people kept just like saying prego to us, and we're like, <laughs> that's very rude. <laughs> and she's like, she'd be like, I'm like 20 weeks pregnant, like it shouldn't be that obvious. <laughs> Come like on. we had no idea. <laughs> like for the first like two hours. Ooh, that's funny. Um, yeah, that's also where we found out that our uh, first child was going to be a girl because mm. uh, we we had to go to a, a hospital at one point, and uh, they uh, they did like a scan, and they're like, "Oh, do you know what you're having?" And my wife said, "No," and they said, "It's a girl." <laughs> <laughs> In English or Italian? In English. Uh, okay. <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, okay." I mean, like. I mean, we didn't ask you to tell us. Yeah, but that's thanks, right. I guess. So you you were planning on not finding out until no, we were. were we were. Um, so it wasn't like a big deal. It wasn't like, but it was like still like not on our terms. Like, like yes, yes, like, yes. I mean, it was fine without it, consent. Yeah, yeah, we didn't care. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty. It's you know probably just a different uh, style, more than anything. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Yeah, so uh, Larry does take the advice, as you call it, and he goes out. He uh, starts chewing out another patron for browsing, and uh, he's uh, schmoozing with John at the newsstand when Lewis drives up, and he's like, what's going on here? You guys went crazy? Are you insane? Yeah, now, can we just note that Lewis last week had a silver Bentley? <laughs> right. He- which they made a big point about. And this week, he's driving this antique black convertible, which is much more ostentatious than a Bentley. Yeah, the car he drives up in is ridiculous. Yeah, and Larry makes, but Larry like does it back on him the way he did the, the week before. So, yeah, maybe they cut it. Hmm. Like it can't be a coincidence that they're making a whole thing of his cars and like, right? Maybe who knows what they're doing? Hmm. Perhaps. Yeah. Um. So, um, Larry tells Lewis that you know we're um, we're we're helping this guy, we're watching the stand. He then tells him about the whole thing where John is playing a version of him in this uh, Hope Turner movie. And uh, he's like, movie? What's the title of that movie? Biggest asshole to ever roam the earth? <laughs> he says, you're a talented actor, John, but this could be the end. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we both... Uh, we yeah, both what's uh, more cancelable? Uh, <laughs> Richard Lewis playing, Richard... playing Robert E. Lee? Yeah. Or John Hamm playing Larry David? Yeah. Um, Richard Lewis makes his way into both of our uh, opening intro quotes. Um, Lewis tells Larry he's on the way to pick up some furniture with his uh, girlfriend, Michelle, the CEO. Uh, (laughs) He invites uh, Larry for dinner and he's like, oh, you know, can I bring Michelle? And Larry's like, no, you know, I'd rather not. And uh, Lewis, you know, really tries to up the ante saying, I'd really appreciate it if you'd let her come. And Larry's like, you see? People, this is what people try to do. Appreciate, just like I yeah. told you. 
Uh, Larry tells Lewis, I'm numb to the whole appreciation thing. It's not going to work on me. <laughs> she can't, Michelle can't come. <laughs> and uh, Michelle, he's like, all right, Michelle's not going to be happy, but I guess I won't invite her because you're being an asshole. And he uh, drives off. Okay. So, yeah, so the guy comes back and uh, he's like, all right, well, sir, what do I owe you? Thank you so much. And Larry's like, owe me? No, nothing. No charge. I, I do this as a favor. Uh, the guy's like, wow, that's amazing. That's it. That piss is worth $10 easy, uh, which suddenly opens up Larry's eyes. He realizes that there could be a major business opportunity on his hands. <laughs> yes. He can earn $10. It's also just so ridiculous that, like, at the state that Larry's in, he would be driven by, like, you know, these, like, money-making schemes. Yeah, I think, like, the car salesman <laughs> makes sense. He wants to see if he has a certain skill. But this one is just purely, like, effort. There's no skill involved here. And it's, like, and it's like the same thing as, like, the Latte Larry's thing. It's one thing if he's like, oh, I have a great idea. I'm going to hire a developer yeah. to, and, like, fund a team. And, like, they're going to do this thing because I think it's awesome. Yeah. But, like, he, like, don't be the, the guy who actually has to go. And Larry gets his hands dirty. Yeah. yeah like, if you're, you're way too involved in this business, <laughs> then you're the guy who has to go and relieve the guy who wants to go to the bathroom. By the way, I would happily pay $10 for, to hang out with Larry David for two minutes. No, but you don't get to hang out. You as soon as he gets there, you have to run to the bathroom. Yeah, okay, well, whatever. We got two seconds. All right. I mean, he's probably gonna charge you more for that for yeah, losing time. I, I I will pay Larry David ten dollars to come <laughs> to my place of business and sit in my chair for a minute. It's like when you and hear that, like, to go to the bathroom. I'm gonna tell people, you know, who want to go see in my chair right now. It's Larry David. Just go, walk <laughs> over there. No, be dead serious. Walk over there and take a look. Yeah, like when you hear that, like Peter Thiel is like funding a, like a new app. You're not like expecting him to show up if like you use yeah. the app. Like, yeah. oh, he's gonna be the guy who walks your dog. Yeah. When he decided to like, um, you know, bankrupt uh, Deadspin, he decided he didn't like, you know, just do it himself. He hired lawyers. <laughs> right, he hired lawyers. A lot of money. Yeah. yeah, no, he would have been he would have executed very poorly if yeah. uh, he had done. Tried to Although himself. I feel like that could be a, a curb uh, episode. Larry try, tries to like get back at a website that's something bad. <laughs> right. Anyway, he does and he does it like pro se and he yeah, does for, of course, yeah. he likes our internet judges. doesn't exist that much. In, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So. Um, Larry goes to share this uh, new idea he has with Leon, and he thinks this could be really a viable app. Uh, mm. You know, there could be people who need uh, bathroom breaks. You know, it's not just magazine stand people; it's also shoe shiners. Um, so it's those two categories of people. Um, and uh, Leon's like, "Yeah, you know, I you come to think of it, you know how many times I've had to like pee in a bottle of Gatorade because like I didn't have time to get to the bathroom." And Larry's like, "Yeah, you're right." And Leon's like, and do you know how many times I forgot that I peed in a bottle of Gatorade and drank it oh just once? Yeah, that's right. Um, Lowry really takes it in stride. Um, but, they, you know, they start uh, brainstorming names. Have you ever for peed the in app. a bottle off? Um, I don't think I have. Mm-hmm. I think I've gotten close to, to doing it, but ultimately I didn't. I did once as a kid. Yeah, I don't think I have. It's possible I did and don't remember. Mm, yeah. I usually pull over and like we'll just like pee on the side of the highway or something rather than. Pee well, I mean, as an adult, it would be a very strange thing to do. <laughs> Fair. OK. Right? Like, especially if you're driving yourself, you have control over your like. I don't think it's I don't think it's like a, I think it's more of an issue of like the person in charge of your time doesn't permit you to. Right. OK. Yeah. So I don't I don't have any recollection of doing so. Yeah. My pet peeve is when you see people. Um, who pull over like they don't go to a rest stop, but they decide to pull over and, and pee on the side of the road, which I mean, I've done it with my kids so far. Not the end of the world, but I feel like they always choose like the highest traffic points like they, they do do it at intersections. 
It's like, buddy, do it like 20 yards in any other direction and like one quarter as many people will see you. Yeah. They're, I mean, they could be exhibitionists. I guess so. You know, all these urinators. Okay. Yeah. Also, I, the, I they, do it with my boys all the time, actually. Right. They also might have urobicitis poisoning. So yeah, who are can. you to judge them? Yeah. They don't have time to go to a okay, lower ground. Let me see your pee permit from the city. All right. <laughs> Um, okay, so Larry heads over to Becky's place, and <laughs> things are not looking so good. Yeah. Uh, like, the yard's a mess, he goes into the house, that's even worse, it's a complete disaster. Uh, he's like, well, you just like, did you just have a party, like, that ended five minutes ago? What's going on in here? Um, Listen, it's like, been a tough 17 years for her. Yeah, like, he's like, no one's gonna want to buy this place if they come see it and it looks like this. And, um... He wants to know, he's like, what's the deal? Like, you used to be so close with Cheryl. And she's like, not anymore. We're not close anymore. And by the way, I was happy to hear about how you broke up Ted and Cheryl in Mexico. Good work with that. <laughs> um, it's interesting that she got the scoop on that. I wonder where she got it from because she's not close with Cheryl. So she must have picked up gossip from someone. Probably Susie, right? Um, is she in touch with Susie? I mean, she, they're together here. She I must mean, be in touch with some family member. Right. Yeah. Well, she would know that she would have heard that they broke up, but that the fact that it was because of Larry, like I feel like that's probably not widely known that like she's because she's not. I mean, it happens in front of a wedding in front of like 200 people. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Right. That's true. I forgot that it got announced at the wedding. Yeah. No matter how close you are with or unclose you are with a sibling, if something about their private life was outed in a very public fashion in front of 200 people, you would hear about it pretty quickly. Right. Fair enough. Um, she offers him a drink. Uh, but it is funny that, like, you know, the most prominent thing she did in the show was Larry accidentally getting credit for something he didn't really do breaking up a marriage. Right. And now here it is the exact same thing again. Yeah. Uh, Larry's repelled by this, wondering who drinks during the day. Uh, the answer, of course, people that go to brunch. Yeah. Or people um, who have sex during the day. Yeah. Um, so Larry tells her that uh, he heard that she's planning on selling the house. And, you know, he's thinking since he's the one that put up the money, um, you know, it would be a good deal for her if she was allowed to keep the profits, but he should get back his original investments. Yeah. And Becky's like, oh, my God, what are you talking about? No, no. Like, I need this money. Like, my life is horrible. I lost my job. I lost my boyfriend. Uh, he was just using me for a visa. And like, she's like, start, you know, sobbing. And Larry can't deal with it. And he's like, fine, fine, fine. You can keep the house. Just like, don't cry. I guess he didn't anticipate he might be upset when he told her this. So, like, he didn't think that far ahead of, like, how to prepare in case she's sad. It's also like we just had this storyline of somebody crying and getting things by fake crying. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so when he tells her that she could keep the house, she stops crying and they start making out on the couch. Which uh, I certainly didn't see coming the first time I saw this. I saw it coming the second time. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're going to head over for the post-game show um, over at Jeff's place, I think. Um, so let's hear about how Larry and Becky's night went. I think I always had a secret little crush on her. Me too. Yeah. It was in the daytime. I love daytime sex. You're filled with them. Yes, I mean, nighttime, you're so, you're so close to going to bed, right? Why are you doing that before you go to bed? The whole thing should be all flipped around. No, should never happen daytime. at night, always yes. during the day. Ah, it's John. What's going on? Nothing. What are you your thoughts? Well, all times are good. All times are good, but I think they're onto yeah. something. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on like what stage you are in life and what you're doing. Like, you know, right. If if you're if you're working full time and you're a parent of small children, then like, you know, nighttime is easier for a lot of reasons. Right. Um, yeah. I also feel like it's good. It's like get it out of the way. They don't have to think about it. Go, go back <laughs> to living. Get out of the way. What is it like an inconvenience for you? No, but it's more. It's like that. It just like it removes it as like an elephant in the room. I mean, I don't really see it as an elephant. Unless, well, I actually, I do, but I like elephants. So, okay. if, I, if I had an elephant, I'd want a second elephant. If I had space for them. <laughs> How many elephants do you currently have? I mean, as many as I can get my hands on. All right, but I suspect you have zero, very few elephants. Oh, actual elephants, yes. Yeah, I thought we were done with the metaphor. <laughs> no, I don't even know what the metaphor is anymore. <laughs> um, fair. So, um, what's fair? Oh, whatever. Yeah, let's continue with the clip. <laughs> Going out to dinner. Is that working out okay? Yeah, yeah. Where is he? <laughs> I love this exchange here. <laughs> Did you have sex with my sister Becky? I love that he said she says my sister Becky. Like, yeah. why? Yeah. He could, she, Cheryl's sister <laughs> Becky. That's her name. <laughs> but that's, wait, so then maybe there's a triplets. Because this is my sister Becky, not Cheryl's sister Becky. Well, but would Cheryl call her Cheryl's sister Becky? Cheryl would just call her my sister. If Becky. her name is Cheryl's sister Becky, as you claimed based yeah. on the IDU credits, yeah, then Cheryl would call her Cheryl's sister Becky. If that's no, her name. I, I, no, I no the same way that like, um, like p- when people have the same name as expressions, like God, for example, on shows, whenever God's on a show, he won't say thank God, he'll say thank me, right? Or G- or Jesus will like will do the same thing. Sure. Okay. So I feel like it, her, na- her name could be Cheryl's sister Becky, but to Cheryl, she's my sister Becky. <laughs> okay, so it's the Cheryl same person. saying Cheryl's sister Becky makes you sound like a. Anyway, like a it's very weird person. that he she refers to her as my sister Becky. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. like if if she also just says you had sex with my sister, Larry knows full well who, she, who she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Or you had sex with Becky. Because you know, like when people say my sister, my wife. <laughs> right. We Becky, know oh, Becky. Cheryl. Oh, yeah, Uncle. Which Leo. Becky? Which Becky are you referring to? Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many Beckys that I had sex with recently. <laughs> who said that? Becky. <laughs> what did she say? Wait, hold on. So pause. She said, guess who I fucked. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So this is very so so he had sex with Cheryl's sister Becky, but Cheryl heard it from Becky, the other sister. But she said, guess who I fucked? Oh, so it must be the same person. All right. I guess it's no longer identical twins. So it's just one sister. Yeah, I thought it was like Ursula and uh, Phoebe kind of situation. Mm, it could have been. It could have been. Alas. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. What was that? Pause. There she was... <laughs> like, oh my god, you did. Oh my god. Like, wait, so you didn't know until now? Or like you you, you thought like sure uh well I guess he thought Becky could have been lying to her actually, because especially if Becky's jealous of her, she could have just made it up. All right, fair. Well, is it possible that literally all she has said to her so far is guess who I fucked? <laughs> and then Cheryl immediately assumed she means Larry, and she ran over here. Yeah, that would be a weird without confirmation. Be a weird conclusion for Cheryl to jump to, although in, in true confession would be true, right? Yeah. So it's probably more likely that she just like she she there's a part of her that thinks her sister is like fucking with her. Yeah, I guess so. You know, she's crazy. Yeah, and um, but Larry yeah, cannot it, tell a lie. <laughs> well, well, but it's like, who told you she did? Yeah. <laughs> what did she say? I, yeah. I fucked Larry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay. Yeah. She she was upset. She was sobbing, and I, and I had consoled her, and 
And, you know, it just, it happened. That's yeah, what why. about the money? I told her uh, she didn't have to uh, share the money with me. Oh, my God. That's, that's like prostitution. Well, well, it was consensual sex oh between two adults. There's nothing wrong with that, as far as I know. I mean, so this is straight out of Seinfeld also, obviously. When you gave a big... <laughs> right. Yeah. Speech, and you were going to march over there and get your money back I for that I did march house. over there, and then I felt sorry for her. Yeah, oh you marched my. over there, you got a fucking blowjob, and then you gave the house away. <laughs> There's a million fucking women in the world you have to have sex with. Cheryl's sister? <laughs> Pause here for a second, oh. before Johnny, before Johnny uh, joins us. Um, so it's unclear what they're upset about. Susie's like, um, you got a blowjob and you gave the house away. Like, But they, they didn't think that he had a claim to the house anyway. So I'm confused about that part. Right. Also, in Larry's defense, he had already given the house away before there was any chance of sex on the table. He didn't give the house away for sex. He gave the house away because he couldn't resist the cry. Right. We we know that, but yeah. they, they don't but know again, that. But Larry always portrays himself in the worst possible way. Uh, yes. Yeah. All all they see is he yeah. went he went he was going to go in marching there, and he marched out with yeah. no house and having had sex well, with her. Yes. Instead. Exactly. Yes. And John Hamm just lets himself in, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's great. The way he walks and he's like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> scandalous. <laughs> Scandalous a good life. What the fuck are you doing in my house? What is John Hamm doing in my house? Yeah, so Paul's right here. Yeah, I should get this. Susie is the biggest like celebrity whore in the universe. Ricky Gervais, whoever it is. And now John Hamm walks into her house and her response is, the fuck are you doing in my house? Why is John Hamm in my house? <laughs> You'd be overjoyed. She'd yeah. say, oh my God, John Hamm, I love you. Starring in a movie, and he's kind of, you know, shadowing these ba- characters based on me. So the character is a disgusting pervert. That's good. <laughs> it's actually not funny, John. <laughs> oh no, no, John I'm not here. I love, I love that she keeps calling him John. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I love the first, the full name, last name. I'm just a fly on the wall. And Larry hey, calls him John. Snakes. Oh yeah, good. Love them. Right? How comfortable. Yeah. Hey guys, this is not the time. Okay. My house. You're in my house. I'm terribly you know, sorry. You know, you crossed the line. This. Time. You crossed the line. Oh, I didn't cross the line. I went over the line that you already crossed. Oh, He's oh, a friend. Oh, I'm sorry. Tad and Larry, it's yeah. just like you Good and your Jeff. sister. It's yeah. the same Standing thing. Up for Larry. It's pretty no, close. It is not close. close. It is close. She slept with my friend, Ted Danson. Okay? okay. That's fine. <laughs> but I can't sleep oh, with her sister. It feels like the same thing. The because same. Ted is like a sister to Larry. Yeah. No, it's a relationship with Ted. It's oh, not, it's a relationship? Well, who's, who's to say that? I'm not going to have a relationship with Becky. What oh, do you mean? You know how jealous Becky is of Cheryl. You know that Becky thinks of herself as Princess Margaret and that Cheryl is Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you right. think you're Prince Philip? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Prince Philip would put a fucking gun to his head before he had you representing him. Again, real quick, are we talking about the crown now? Yeah. How good is that show? You know what, John Ham? It was nice meeting you. But really, this is between us. You know what? I've heard enough. Come on, Johnny. Let's go eat. Come on, Johnny. Let's go eat. Okay, Johnny. Thank you so Petty much, piece by the of way. Shit. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Go, go be him, asshole. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Ah, phenomenal stuff. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and, just, and that John Hamm mimicking Larry at that dinner that we just cut off is is, is just is such pure gold. Everything. The the real quick we talk about the crowd now. Vladimir Ilyevich Ulyanov. You're out of your element, Johnny. <laughs> um, I feel like she. I'm surprised. Cheryl should be angrier at her sister than Larry here. No. 
Well, like no, Larry doesn't really have an obligation to her anymore, per se. No, but she but from her perspective, Cheryl's like Becky's always out to get her. Right. And she already has a broken relationship with Becky. And Larry also, I think she sees is taking advantage of her because she probably sees her as my little sister and she's all fucked up and she can't get her life in order. And Larry's like sort of targeting that. So it's more of that that angle. All right. I mean, I, I agree. It's very bad. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if you were to get divorced from your wife, God forbid, and then have sex with your wife's sister, your wife would be very bad at you, your ex-wife. Yeah, I just put no, up, but I just feel like she should be angrier at the sister. Yeah, like, but the they sister don't even, but it seems like they barely even have a relationship. I guess, right. But like she, like it, like Larry's the ex. Like this is like, you know, supposedly someone who still should, you know, have an allegiance to you of some mm. sort. Yeah, I mean, uh, it seems like she has a, a closer relationship with Larry, even in divorce yeah. than with, uh, with the sister. I guess. So. Um, so yeah, Larry squeezing some lemon into his water. Lewis just likes to throw the whole rind in. Yeah, um, I've never thought about this before. Larry raises a great point. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. They're dirty. Again, Larry uh, about to uh, anticipate a global pandemic where germs spread. So good on him. Um, and Lewis tells him that he's really irked about something. Uh, so Larry, of course, proceeds to make fun of him for using the word irked. Mm. And he tells him that he's irked that Larry invited John, but wouldn't let him bring Michelle. Yeah. And he goes on to explain that he had to um, come up with a reason why Larry um, want you know wouldn't didn't want Michelle there, why he had to go alone. And what he told Michelle is that Larry's rectum is bleeding, and he wanted to talk to him about it. Yeah. Poor Larry. Yeah, it's Larry's like always at the bat mitzvah. It was one yeah. thing, now it's another. He's like, "What are you doing to me? No one respects a person with a bleeding rectum." Yeah, that's not a nice <laughs> thing for Larry to say. Um, and um, it's at this point that John realizes that Lewis has been eating an over allotment of his appetizers. That there's enough for three of them, so he should be taking one of each appetizer. And Lewis has been going overboard. Yeah, the appetizer looks to be hummus, by the way, hummus. Oh, is that what it was? Nice. Looks like it. Um, yeah, Lewis is just like, oh, now there's two of you, two Larry mm. Davids, and they do a, uh, a joint pretty good. So mm, I was wonderful. wondering how we're going to score this because we get a we get a pretty good from Larry, followed by a pretty pretty good from John. Exactly. Yes. Larry so gets does... one. John gets two. Okay. So they're two, we view them as two uh, separate and distinct pretties good. Yes. Well. I, th- I think it's sort of it, it, it's sort of like the two part episodes of Seinfeld uh-huh. where you're not like the wallet and, and the co- like, you know, how do you uh, how do you count it? So I, I'm really I'm open to either one and I don't have a strong uh, opinion either way. Yeah. What do you say? I so I could not love to say maybe we put this like in a similar camp as the pretty good, pretty, pretty, pretty good. So is that three or four? Right. We've had this conversation before where we always score that as three, but it should be more than the three without the the kicker. Mm, that's interesting. So, I, yeah, my chart only lists the, the number of pretties each time before I assume of the second one. I don't know. But, yeah, this is the first time on the chart that I tracked it separately because it's two different Larry saying it. It's Larry 1.1, yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry 2.1. No, no, for sure. No, so, for sure. Yeah. There, some, there has to be some sort of asterisk here. Yes. As a reminder, the previous pretty good in the season was in episode three. Larry gave Chulu scones four pretties. <laughs> okay. So those those scones were better than um, than Larry and John Hamm combined here. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. And, and, and still to date, we uh, the last time we had a five was Jason Alexander as George Costanza in the Seinfeld finale in season seven. And then right, before right. that, it was the thong in season two. So we've only had two full five pretties uh, thus far in the series with just two episodes to go. 
Curb is a tough grader. Mm, very tough. Yeah. They don't just give out those five pretties willy-nilly. Oh, yeah, these are very low scores for sure. Um, okay, so we head back over to Jeff House um, where um, Le- Jeff, you know, is uh, is moving in with Larry because Susie chased them out for defending Becky, which it makes no I don't know what the hell they're doing with uh, Susie and Jeff in this episode. It makes no sense. Yeah. Just how they need to serve the plot. Like he kicked him out of the house because he had a bad opinion in a fight. Yeah, I mean, has this never happened to you before? I mean, not to kick the out of kick the house, out of the fight, house? But, like he's going uh, but, to live with Larry now. Yeah, I know, but you, but I've got in fights because of uh, you know, uh, sure, positions I've taken. Yeah, so like you argue about it for an hour. Yeah, um, yeah, but I've never been that far on the way out in the first place. I guess that um, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe I have. Yeah, yeah, I suspect you have. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, you, you don't feel like a, uh, the, the best to uh, get into a marital argument with. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're, you'd be very annoying to argue with. Um, as a spouse. Not as a, not as a friend. Mm. Only as a spouse. Mm. <laughs> uh, Larry tells him to make himself at home, and he's off to Becky's. Yes. And uh, Jeff says, if you keep going to Becky's, I'm not going to be allowed back at home. So please... Keep going to Becky's. Yeah, so now he doesn't, because last time he was thrown out of the house, he desperately wanted to get back. Yeah. And uh, he was very upset when Oscar was chosen over. <laughs> right, he was kicked out of the house by Oscar the dog. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I guess things are different. Sammy's out of the house. It's just Susie yelling at him all day, calling him a fat fuck. Who needs it? Yeah, so we... But he can't uh, get divorced, because if he ever even thinks of mentioning that word in front of her. Right, right. Yes. And she'll take all the money. Yeah. Either way. Um... Yes, yeah, so we get this awesome montage of uh, Larry helping Becky clean up the place. Uh, mm. You know, they're going like basically item by item through the whole house, throwing it all in the trash, including her bong, which she's very sorry to see go. Yeah, uh, they do the dishes. Larry even buys her some new clothes uh, with a little help from John, and they uh, sell the <laughs> house and they do a big uh, group hug that even John joins in on. Mm. Wonderful. And. Um, Becky's going to go to celebrate. She's going to go skiing in Denver, and Larry takes her to the airport to drop her off. And she says, all right, I'll text you when I land. He's like, eh, no need to. I'll know if you get killed. And she's yeah. like, you know what? That's great. I really That's didn't want to. That's a classic Seinfeld joke. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, by the way, we, we, we skipped we over one this... of my favorite lines of the episode. What was that? I'm sorry, I should have mentioned this before, which is when when Richards explained to both Larry and to John that he had to make up the excuse about the, about the, the bleeding rectum. And uh, when John says, who mentions that at a dinner party? <laughs> That's good. No, you don't like that one? No, it's good. It's, you think Lincoln could have prosecuted a war if people knew he had a bleeding rectum? <laughs> and by the way, when you come to the dinner party in a few days, I would not mention it. So John says, who mentions that at a dinner party? <laughs> yeah. That's right. That was good. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Anyway. No, that's good. I missed yeah. it. Honestly, every single John Hamm scene in this episode should have just we should just watch the clip. But then we're just watching the show. Yeah, that's true. Um, I also like it's very hard to write down like all the Richard Lewis nonsense. <laughs> so it's just like you pick one of them. You know, so I don't even know the Einstein's Gardner. It's like what the hell is he even talking yeah. about? Um, oh, also we uh, when um, when Larry and John do the uh, the loud Susie style ah, together mm. when Richard gets pissed off about the two of them. Um, yeah, but sorry. So yeah, so we're back. We're back at Becky's house. And listen, Larry has been bragging about his cleaning skills, and we do indeed see him cleaning, and we see him washing dishes here. Yeah, Doesn't yeah. So he, we 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 suspected that Jeff was right that he had never even washed a dish once, but he seems to know what he's doing. Yeah. Um. Okay. We then get. Uh, we're gonna go back to the clip for Larry and Leon driving around town. This is a very fun scene here. 
told her you had a bleeding rectum. Yeah. Now I got to walk around <laughs> knowing this woman thinks I have a bleeding rectum. I can't live like that. Because once that starts to spread, <laughs> she's going to tell everybody. And the worst part is no one's ever going to know that the bleeding stopped. People are thinking, how's he stop the bleeding? <laughs> is he wearing a pad? Is there, is there a little boy, a little dust boy <laughs> with his finger in his ass? What? With wooden shoes on, with socks on his knee, little shorts on, little vest, little top hat on, with his finger in your damn rectum. Right, right. Hey, there is a parking lot. There's like, Ooh, let's go. Right. Let's do it. Get the over here. Go. Right. Um, Can I help you guys? We got, uh, we got a little business proposition for you. My name's Larry. Hey, Larry. This is Leon. I'm Bill. Here. Here you go, Bill. Gotta go. That's right. You ever sit in that booth at this time of day and gotta go to the bathroom? What do you do? I just stay in the booth. I can't go anywhere. I just gotta hold it in. Until now. For a dollar a minute, five dollar minimum, I will sit in that booth while you go and use the bathroom. You're serious? Very serious. Right now? I really have to go. Go! Go ahead, brother. Uh, I'll be right back. Thank My you. man. Thank you. My man, I got you. I think My this man, the minute charge would stress me out, by the way. told you. Did I tell you? You fucking told me, Larry. I told you. You order, I gotta go? Yes, I gotta go. Okay. Okay, thank you. Go. Before I gotta go. Get on out of here. Okay. Gino, we're handling your business. Come on. Alright, now he's polishing shoes. Excuse me. You just spat on my shoe. It's a fucking spit shine. Right, now he's not just standing standing to hold the place. He's shining shoes. Yes. Yeah. Stop! Stop! What if, stop spitting on my shoe! I'm not I'm not paying for this, okay? Your tips are appreciated. <laughs> give me a fucking break. I'm not giving you a cent. Fuck it then, I don't give a fuck. I don't want you. <laughs> that's not how tips work. Tips go to you either way. You should give a fuck. <laughs> Um, yeah, Leon yeah. are in. Yeah. Now, um, Leon's concern about the spreading of Larry's anal issues. I mean, this is an exact repeat of what ruined Sammy's puppet. So. <laughs> it is very similar. Yeah. Um, yeah, Curb sometimes revisits things. Yeah, but it's very good, especially yeah. bathroom related. Yeah. So we have uh, this party over at Lewis's house. Um, John, uh, John comes over, thanks Michelle for having them, and Michelle really, like, she can't take her eyes off of Larry. She's like, has, you know, wants to know what he's up to, because uh, he's, she's like looking very uncomfortably at his uh, crotchal area. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's talking about, you know, you know he's going to sit on the couch, I'm gonna, you know, I don't want to sit on the arm, and she's like really worried that like he's going to like bleed on the couch from his rectum <laughs> and ruin her couch. Um, it's, but it's not even her house, right? It's a Lewis house, so it's like it's not even her couch, whatever. Uh, that's true. She's just looking at, but but she seems to have ownership over the chairs. Yeah, it's I think it is her house. You think it's uh, his house? Oh, it's so maybe it's her house. house. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, so yeah, so she invites everyone to the table for dinner, and uh, it turns out that everybody has like, this, like a nice, big, like comfortable dinner chair, and Larry has a wooden folding chair. And he's like, what's the deal? And she's like, oh, well, we bought a set of seven and we're eight. So, you know, sorry, you got the wooden chair, which is like completely ridiculous that like anyone would do that and like it's, not yes. and not take it for like themselves rather than like make a guess sit on the shitty chair. Yeah. Very rude. Um, but listen, every Richard Lewis girlfriend has hated Larry. Right. That's true. Except, except for the dancer, actually. Yeah. But this one could be the one. Yeah. This one. Um. 
So Larry uh, calls Lewis into the kitchen. He's like, you have to get me a chair or I'm going to tell her this whole bleeding rectum thing is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's one thing you made up in this nonsense, but like now I have to like get a shitty chair as a result of not happening. And um, she goes, you know, so Lewis calls over Michelle and she says, you know, Larry would really appreciate it if I got, if I got him a new chair. And she's like, okay, but if he bleeds on it, it's going to be your problem. So um, Cassie is uh, wants to know from John about what's this whole deal where you know he's playing Larry in a movie, and he says, "Yeah, so the movie's about this guy named Lawrence Dean, who had a very successful sitcom, uh, kind of like based, kind of like Seinfeld, but turns out that he completely stole the script from an Australian sitcom." And Larry's like, "What the hell? Like, why? <laughs> well, that's the movie?" <laughs> he's like, "No, it's the movie." And they're like, "Well, no, like it implies that the person that you're based on, Larry David, did the same thing with Seinfeld." And they're like, no, John, John is not having it. He's like, no, 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 it's just a movie. No, no, no resemblance at all. Mm. Um, you should say, I mean, it's being played by me and you're you. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So Lewis uh, says, oh, look, I found this extra chair in the garage. Who knew? <laughs> it turns out it was a set of eight, not a set of seven. <laughs> um, and uh, he gives uh, he gives Larry the, the chair and. Uh, as they're eating, Larry asks the Chinese person at the table, uh, when you eat uh, rice or whatever, your noodles with your chopsticks, do you have to lift the bowl up to your face to eat it, or can you leave it down on the table? And the guy says, you're supposed to lift the bowl. Yeah, my brother has told me, by the way, who spent a lot of time in China, that the way that that Americans use chopsticks is totally different than the way that they're used. Um, yeah, they're used more as like spoons than as like uh, forks. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm sure Americans Americans are idiots. Yeah, yeah. Although no, I don't they, use I, I don't know how to use chopsticks at all. So yeah, I'm, I'm but my my, my brother says at least you know the part where he's lived they use him like you lift the bowl up to your face and you use it basically to scoop the rice into your mouth. So uh huh. Yeah. I see. So right, you're not relying on them to carry it. Yeah, which makes more sense. Yeah, that does make more sense. Yeah. Uh, but you still like for like sushi, you're not going to do that. Like yeah, this is this is Chinese food I'm talking about. So oh, okay, got it. Um. So yeah, so uh, the guys then compliments uh, Michelle on the uh, I guess is the walnut prawns. Not familiar with this dish, but I think that's what he said. Um, and Larry and John are both like, "Oh no, like we we need some of those prawns. We didn't know what they had those." And they start turning the uh, lazy Susan towards them so they could grab some of those. But uh, Andy's like, no, like, I don't know. They got this some stupid argument about, like, the etiquette of, like, how you're supposed to use these things, which I, I, I didn't, didn't land with me at all, this part of it. Um, I did like what then Cassie tells them that they can stop calling it a lazy Susan because it is both racist and sexist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, who's that racist towards? Susan's? Susan's. Which remind, uh, do, uh, do you watch Magic for Humans? Um, no, I don't. Yeah. Magic I've heard for Humans is a show on Netflix. Yeah. And there's a bit in every episode called Magic for Susan's. <laughs> he just does magic for random women on the street named Susan. So he has to find people named Susan and then do magic for them. Well, anytime he does magic, so he asks them their name. So they just clip together all the Susans that he's found over the press, you know, whatever. Got it. Um, yeah, but the Susans are very. Um, my my parents had like a lazy Susan once, and it was actually very annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, I never had one. Yeah, because it's it's actually like if it's as big, if it's big enough to sort of cover all of the table, but like sort of where you're eating, like you, then then it's worthless because if any one person moves it, then you can't serve yourself. Like you, you take a fork to serve yourself and then the things moves, you know, around the table. 
So it has to be small enough so that there's space for you to lift it off the lazy Susan and then put it in front of you in the space between your like plate and the lazy Susan. But then at that point, it's so small that like unless you have some massive round table like the like, you know, King Arthur or whatever, lazy Susan is like, you know, a diameter of six inches. Right. So, yeah. Anyways, lazy Susan's bad. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, racists and sexists. Yes. So racists obviously are, bad. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they're like, oh, well, what, maybe we should call it ambidextrous Susan or ambitious Susan. Yeah. Um, they're trying are ambidextrous to people like, is that a positive I don't feel like that's yeah, a, they're like, like they're like extra abled. So being so being left handed or right handed is not as good as being ambidextrous. Yeah, I don't feel like there's a moral judgment to it. Not a moral judgment. It's just like you're it's like it's cooler. It's more impressive. Mm. Um, it's it's the, the opposite of lazy. Like it has like it's like more abled. Yeah. So the lazy is very popular in China. Um, where does the name come from, though? The, the explanation of the term lazy Susan has been lost to history. Yeah, I saw something about like Thomas Jefferson, but like, folk, it, yeah. it didn't folk it sounded made up. claim it as an American invention. According to lore, Thomas Jefferson invented the device. You got to trust lore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When has lore ever lied to us? Um, invented the device, which was known as a dumbwaiter for his daughter, Susan. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> my, um, my, my son asked why um, uh, last Friday night at dinner we were discussing the uh, the service in the uh, in the Jewish temple, as described in the Bible, and it's performed by the priestly caste. But if the if a if a member of the priest family uh, has a disability, uh, such as being left-handed, for example, he's disqualified <laughs> from doing the service. Right. So my um, yeah. So my my son asked my wife, why is it that having such a disability disqualifies one from the service? And my wife's answer was, well, because the Bible is a very old-fashioned book. And I was like. <laughs> I'm not sure how to respond to that one, so I'm just gonna keep moving along here. I hear both sides. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yes. All right. So racist, sexist, ableist, anti-ableist. Mm. Oh, yes. Um. So here's the question: as like as this meal goes on, and like Michelle gets madder and madder, and you know Larry and Larry Jr. are going to be the ones who get blamed when the when the turntable when the lazy Susan spins. Oh, this is entirely Cassie's fault. Yeah, how are they responsible for her violent chair destroying ways? And by the way, Larry jumping out of the chair and running in slow motion. <laughs> he, he is the you know like the story about um, Cool Papa Bell that he could turn the light off and get you know get into bed before the the you know what I'm talking about. I've all right, yeah, yeah, it yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah, so Larry David is even faster than that. He, uh, <laughs> right. as it spins, he sees this bottle of, of sauce, whatever it is, flying towards him, gets up, jumps out of the way. He's the reverse of like a uh, like a secret service agent here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they both get <laughs> they both get kicked out, but they're both excited. Like they, you know, they both view it as like a badge of honor. Well, Larry's been kicked out of basically every one of her <laughs> houses. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like it's like another uh, notch Marty's. on his belt, right? Yeah, all his friends, girlfriends have kicked him out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we head back over to uh, Larry's office where he uh, gets a call from Becky, who tells him that she has been in a skiing accident, mm. and she's going to the hospital. And Larry says, "Don't worry, I'm on my way. I'll be on the next flight." Yeah, he screwed himself there. You didn't have to use those words. Yeah, it turns out he uh, he calls his travel agent and. While there is a seat on the next flight, it is a middle seat and coach, and uh, there won't be any uh, seats available in first class until 9 p.m. Um, so he books that. 
Yeah, I mean, this is like not long enough of a flight that like he should be so like spoiled here. Oh, I was going to say sort of the opposite. I think it's weird to me that Becky will get so mad at Larry about this. Like she should be happy that she's hitching herself to the wagon of a guy who only flies first class. <laughs> Fine, okay. I feel like in the long run, that's a, that's a benefit. Right. Um, yeah, you're right. Fair. Uh, well, I mean, she knows. I'm sure she knows about his uh, lifestyle already. She, he was married to his her sister for many yeah. years. After she, all, listen, she's finally uh, you know the heir to the throne. Yeah, let her uh, reap the benefits or whatever. I guess the, the step out of the way, Elizabeth. Herself. Yeah, it's Margaret's turn. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think it's entirely reasonable for Larry to say, "Hey, you know, we've gone on not that many dates. I'm dropping everything to come visit you, but I want to be comfortable. I think that's okay. I have yeah. five hundred million dollars. You know. Yeah. As long as he doesn't get juju fruit in there. Listen, I, I don't have enough money. I ain't flying first class. But if the next flight was on Spirit, guess what? I'm coming on the flight after that. Right. Although uh, in that case, it'll probably arrive first. So. Yeah. So Larry is packing for the airport. And uh, Leon comes and asks if he could help him out with the Gotta Go app because it turns out uh, the shoe shiner has food poisoning. So he's been in the bathroom for quite some time. And I also got to cover the newsstand guy. Mm-hmm. He's got his daily six o'clock piss. Yeah. So um, Larry is like, well, I, sorry, I can't help you. But maybe Jeff can. Um, unfortunately, Jeff can't because he's already in his night sweats. Yeah. Um, has this been and- discussed before at Kerber? No, I don't think so. Oh, OK. <laughs> And uh, Larry can't believe it. What is it? This like uh, mutable law of physics. It's like New- one of Newton's laws that you can't get out of sweatpants. Um, so he uh, he says, fine, I'll just cover for him. So Larry heads over to the newsstands. Uh, he had the guy hands out Larry's apron. He's very thankful. He runs to the bathroom. And uh, Larry has to call up Leon to tell him, all right, you're going to you got to come relieve me because I got to get on a flight to Denver. And Leon's like, I'm still stuck here with the shoe shiner. I can't come. So he's like, all right, I'll figure it out. And we see him make a phone call. And suddenly John arrives to save the day. And uh, John, he tells him, hey, Johnny, I really appreciate it. And they both chuckle as John, uh, John understands what Larry has done. Mm. The little, little manipulative trick <laughs> saying thank you. People really like it when you say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they will do anything for you if mm-hmm. you say thank you. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Larry arrives at the airport. He's running super late, and you know he tells everyone, "I'm not usually a cutter by my nature, but I have a flight uh, to Denver. It's leaving in ten minutes, and my girlfriend's in the hospital. So please let me go." And like a lot of people, let him uh, push ahead. And he uh, he gets to the front of the line. He sees a black man and a black woman standing, you know, one in front of the other. And he's like, "Oh, are you together?" And they're like, "No." He's like, "Oh, sorry, honest mistake. You know, I just assumed that you were together." And she's, they're like. Well, what what about us made you assume that? And he's like, well, you know, if I saw a man sitting next to a woman or another man, I would assume. I love how he like realizes that he's like he he's just like digging himself deeper. Yeah, he starts to start covering himself. Um, he says, if I saw a man wearing a yarmulke standing next to a woman wearing a kerchief and carrying a maj on set, I would think they're a couple. Um, but yeah, he's Larry, you know, says, all right, well, I'm on my way to Denver. They, uh, remind him that you'll probably, uh, bump into some black people in Denver. They do have those over there. Yeah. Well, this is again, totally an unforced error on Larry's part. Yeah. Hard for and, um, but of course, um, Larry's making it to his plane is not to be as he is chosen as randomly for a security search. And, um, by the African-American TSA agent who just then, witnessed this whole ordeal. Right. And, um, and it gets even worse because the person who pulled him over is going on a break. Mm. And um, it might, it's going to be some time. If only Leon was there to come. 
Yeah, so we cut back over to the newsstands where uh, John is manning things down. And Cheryl comes over to pick the magazine. Everyone's buying magazines. And, yeah, uh, it's, it's like, you know, it's like the Max on Save by the Bell. So where everyone hangs out. This is the newsstands. And uh, John gives her a little no browsing line. Uh, but then they recognize each other, and John tells her, oh, it happens to be I'm covering for Larry. Larry's supposed to be at this newsstand. Um, you know, I really would love to, you know, learn more about that guy. <laughs> and uh, he asks her if she would be willing to get some coffee with him, and she agrees. So he uh, takes off his apron, throws it on the floor, and a uh, kid drives by on a skateboard. Uh, he grabs a few magazines, keeps two, throws the other one on the floor. Um, so, yeah, Larry has not left things in great shape. Yeah, it is sort of sad because I feel like John was really like pitching a perfect game as a come with guy candidate. Yeah, and ab- abandoning the newsstand, you know, that's giving up a couple learned <laughs> runs in the seventh inning. That's true. That's true. He killed the motherfucker because the waffles had expired and shit. Gonna sit in that room and get interrogated. Yeah. Hey, okay, you happy? You happy? I hope you're happy. Fuck. I missed my flight to Denver. Sorry. Oh, because you wouldn't get out of your sweatpants. Suppose it was an emergency. Then what? You take the sweatpants off? Well, what kind of an emergency? So suppose uh, your friend was in a car accident. Which friend? Me. I got hit by a car. How did you get hit by a car? I, I got a piece of pizza, and I, and I was crossing the street, and the, the cheese fell off, and I bent down to pick up the cheese, and I got hit by a car. Who the hell picks up cheese in the middle of the street? I don't want a litter, so I picked up the <laughs> cheese, and I put it in the garbage can. No, you were going to pick up the cheese and put it on your pizza and eat it. Oh, shit, I was not. I was going to throw it in the garbage. <laughs> you don't know. I what know. do you know? No, you I don't. Know. And you fuckstick don't ever ask me to man any post for you again because I'm not doing it. Just consider me in sweatpants all the time. Fuck that job. I quit <laughs> wow, that was fast. Fuck yeah. I'm in and out. All right, I got to go text Becky now and tell her I missed my flight because you two assholes and tell her I'll be on the first flight out to Denver tomorrow morning. Actually, second flight. Why second flight? oh my god oh my god uh great so so was i guess there was no other flights that night yeah yeah because normally when you miss your flight you don't just come home you take the next flight but yeah yeah so we see the newsstand guy return he sees that it's in ruins and uh he's very angry larry um yeah so i guess um they're not whatever they're called uh poober is not going to get a uh, what's it called The, the go go app Gotta go. Well, gotta go, right? Gotta yeah. go. Sorry. Um, we'll not get a great, uh, much like Larry's Uber's rating, his uh, App Store rating for this app will not be super high after this. Um, so, yeah, so we see John and Cheryl walk in, uh, they walk past Latte Larry's and kind of, they kind of mock it a little bit and then they head into Mocha Joe's. Uh, and, uh, you know, she says that, uh, you know, she's actually never been to Mocha Joe's. She's had, we know she's had Mocha Joe's coffee, but I guess she's never been to the physical location. And they uh, sit down, and uh, John immediately starts complaining about how wobbly the table is. Uh, he then, uh, when Mocha Joe brings him a scone, he says that this is not a scone. It's really a muffin because of the texture is off, and it's too sweet. And he's not even sure Mocha Joe knows what a scone is. Um, Cheryl then starts, you know, talking about uh, her whole background with Larry, and John immediately cutters off. He doesn't care. Um, he calls Mocha Joe back over. He's like, this coffee is not hot. And they get into a hall back and forth, but Mocha Joe insists it's hot. Um, John insists that it's not. And finally, to uh, prove it, John pulls a Larry and dips his nose into that coffee and proves that the coffee is not hot because if it were not, if it were hot, I would not be able to dip my nose into it. Yeah. John's complete turn into Larry 
it's just absolutely incredible. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's epic. Um, Cheryl just completely storms out. She's just like, I can't deal with this. You're just, you're basically Larry. And um, to make it matters even worse, although he doesn't even care, Net Joe is now, uh, John is now kicked out of Mocha Joe's and he's banned for life. And John does not care. Um, Team Larry here. Uh, we finally end off in uh, in Denver where uh, Larry arrives in Becky's hospital room and he has flowers, he has balloons, and she's like, what took so long? It's been over 24 hours since you told me that you were going to be on the next flight. And he's like, oh, you don't even want to know. I got into a whole thing with TSA last night and like it, it made me miss the flight. And she's like, last night? Like, why did you, you – I spoke to you at 10 a.m. Why was the first flight you were on at uh, – 10 p.m. He's like, well, there was no seats. He's like, there were no seats? Like, well, there were no seats for me, you know, first class. And um, she's like, she starts getting really angry at him, and he's like, well, like, I need to tell you something. The reason why is because I have a bleeding rectum. And she's like, oh, are they able to accommodate you better in first class? Like, in first class, they don't care if you bleed, if your bloody rectum gets all over the seats. And she tells him to go. And says, you can leave the flowers or get these garbage balloons out of here. Before he does, he asks her, are you going to be eating that jello? Um, and the episode ends. All right. So, yeah, the last scene, not the best scene in the episode. But, Av, how do you rate this episode? Yeah, so... I I have a blast with this episode. I I really love it. Um, John Hamm is just like such a revelation. Even seeing this the second, third, fourth time now, like he's just so great. Like he just brings this like amazing energy to this like personification of Larry David that is both like so ridiculous yet so spot on. Um, the whole like Larry Becky thing just goes to like a level that like you even like even Curb has never been like this depraved in a certain way. <laughs> it's just like they just they'll just go there, go there. Um, and you gotta love that. Um, I give this episode a pretty, 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 pretty good. Uh, four and a half, just shy of the full five pretties. Um, yeah, definitely the best episode of the season for me. Um, just you know, absolute uh, elite episode of Curb. <laughs> Yep, I agree with you. This is just, it's brilliant. It's high concept. Um, John Hamm turning into Larry David over the course of an episode. It's not something that you could have possibly seen or expected in any way whatsoever. It's, um, you know, we, we've seen sort of characters mimicking characters, of course, in Seinfeld when the show Jerry was on and also in Curb. But but John Hamm doing it, it's just, it's so funny. and He does it so brilliantly. Um, I have it ranked overall as the number 11 episode of the 109 we've seen so far. I have one spot behind Shaq, which was also sort of a similar, similar high concept episode where, you know, everything turned out great for Larry. The moment right. he back. Um, so this episode, I'm in the same place as you. I think this episode is pretty, 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 pretty good. Four and a half for me. Uh, just, you know, a, a great all time episode of Curb. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. What about the uh, come with guy? Who's your come with guy? Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned he does fall off a little bit at the at the end, but I still just got to give it to John Hamm. Um, whether you want to say it's the character, the the, the actor, uh, the whole package is just so incredible what he brings to the table in this episode. Yeah, the complete agreement, you know, by whatever the largest margin is, uh, we say on, on a primary election night today that you can uh, win. That's how much John Hamm has won the come with guy with. So phenomenal job. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. Uh, fucking asshole, on the other hand, I would say 
Becky is pretty unlikable, but I'm going to give it to Michelle. She prioritizes her chairs over the embarrassment of a friend. She blames the wrong person for the stained chairs. You know, Richard Lewis only dating the worst women always. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I was I went a little chalky. Uh, I am going to go with Becky just because she's just the worst in this episode. Um, like, as I said at the at the top, like, you know, you could be mad at Larry, but like what Becky does is to me is worse. Um, and she's just like such a mess and uh, just like so spoiled and like. No, I don't. I don't care for her at all. This uh, this Becky, and, uh, I say that she's the fucking asshole. I would just stop with the Ted dance. <laughs> Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. <laughs> much, much worse. All right, we have one quite big name celebrity cameo in this episode. Of course, John Hamm, played by John Hamm, who is playing uh, a Larry David mimic. The big question is, is John Hamm in 2020 a member of the Ted Dancing Club? Ah, uh, I I think I'm going to say no. Um, I know we, we kind of touched on this earlier, but I I think he doesn't penetrate. Like, like how many people? Like, Mad Men was, like, seen by, like, 400 people. Yeah, but he's been in tons of movies, and, you know, he's hosted SNL many, many times. And um, I think I think it's a real tough call. But I think, I mean, look, Ted Danson at the at the peak of of being on TV every single night, you know, every single week in the 80s, in the 90s, maybe. But it's all it's by 2000 is our judge. Ted Danson in 2000, where he's like Becker. Right. That's what the guy calls him when he leaves the party. And I think um, we've put Jimmy Kimmel, Elizabeth Banks and Lynn manuel Miranda all on in 2017 and season nine. Right. I, I think that John Hamm in 2020 is more famous than Elizabeth Banks in 2017. Maybe. In fact, I might take Elizabeth Banks off. I might take Lynn Manuel Miranda off also. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the the ratings numbers. Um for Mad Men? Yeah, so Mad Men. Well, I was gonna look at both. Yeah, well yeah, um, Mad Men probably was seen by three million and Cheers was seen by thirty five million. It's uh two million or so for okay. Mad Men. Um but you're not comparing apples to orange. To, to no, I know. I understand. I just want to. Yeah. So, I mean, the finale of Cheers was, was seen by 93 million people. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, that means that Ted Danson's really famous. Yeah. But I think that every, the people on these shows were less famous back then because of the fact that, like, you know, I don't know. I, I think even in, like, a. And I granted it was a monoculture, but I think there was less of a like TV was seen as so secondary to movies back then also. Right. 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 But meaning so he might not have been considered like a movie star, but, but John Hamm was. has been the star of many movies. No, he's not been the star of many movies. I would say he's not been the star of any movies. What? John Hamm? He's not. I mean, maybe not the number one star, but he's like a top like he's like a top three build person in like the town. And what, what, what do you think the other one's his favorite? The, he's his top four on IMDb. Um. I don't know. Come yeah, on. he's uh, not in a lot of big okay, movies. He was the lead role in Stolen. Well, I don't know what that is. All right. Um, His top four arm. are Mad Men, The Town. Yeah. Million Dollar Arm. Yeah. Okay. He was the lead in that. Sure. No one saw ba- that. Ba- uh, Baby Driver. He was not one of the top okay, three no. people in that. Ba- Beirut. He's a leading role. Keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, he's a leading role. It says here. 
<laughs> it says here. And then supporting role in the town, Sucker Punch, Bridesmaids, Baby Driver, Tag, Bad Times at the El Royale, The Report, Richard Jewell. Yeah, he's in stuff, but like yeah. he's not he's not like leading movies or anything close to it. Um, well, I mean, we just listed like four movies he led, but yeah, but they're not like, you know, huge blockbusters. N- yes, very like straight to Netflix movies. Was Beirut? I mean, wasn't Beirut a, a, a sort of a more well-respected movie than that? Yeah, it was. A, it was a good movie, but like it was probably also probably seen by like four hundred thousand people or something. Let's see, Beirut um, box office just seven and a half million. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, guess the box office for Million Dollar Arm and for Keeping Up with the Joneses. I'm Keeping Up with the Joneses. I, I four billion. Uh, Keeping Up with the Joneses thirty million. Oh wow. Uh, but it costs 40 at the box. Ah, so and by the way, that features, of course, Isla Fisher also in the season of Curb. Yeah, oh, interesting. Million yeah, dollar arm probably did more. All right, more than 30. So, what are you giving million dollar arm? 50, 40.2. Right, yeah, all right. Um, I think Beirut's the best of those movies. <laughs> what a great game. Yes. Let's just get, get, get the box office numbers for right at the movies. All right, sure. John Hill, okay, is it time for the postman? Uh, it sure is. Postman! Postman, come here! Tell the neighborhood! What a shonda, Larry! Larry David! Not only are you a lousy Jew, but you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! A shonda! Maybe you should have given me some candy! You're a lousy Jew! Somewhat of an abbreviated uh, postman this week, but that's what we got. First up is... William Blake, who says, hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will, and do I still have a bleeding rectum, or am I over it? Come with guy is John Hamm. This man chose to spend multiple days in a row with Larry David. That's worth more than a word. Fucking asshole is Richard Lewis. He threw Larry to the wolves for a woman one too many times for my taste. He gives the episode four pretties to say he really appreciated this episode. Zach Brooks says... Hilarious episode filled with energy. The ambitious Susan stuff killed me. The gotta go storyline was catchy as hell. Not a fan of the Becky stuff, but otherwise great episode. Awful title though. Um, oh yes, do we have a better uh, the lazy Susan maybe? No, I, I think it's got to be something about John Ham. The John Ham episode. Yeah, what can we do? Yeah, I guess we can, can't necessarily do better. I guess I, I don't hate the the, the Margaret. Uh, I mean, the there's a reference to a previous episode title, so I get that. Yeah, but, yeah, whatever. Uh, come with guy, first half John Ham, fucking asshole, second half John Ham. Mm-hmm. A real Jason Tatum performance. <laughs> is that what he, you said or that's what he said? This is what Zach said. No, no, Zach. Oh. oh, that's all Zach. That's all Zach. Oh, and he's referencing tonight's game. So very timely. Zach must have sent this email in uh, just Yes, it came, it came in just under the wire. It did. Yeah. Good job, Zach. Um, and he gives the episode four pretties. Hmm. And finally, we end off with Olin Allen, who says, nice leopard print outfit on Susie. I never see Larry be the type to go for fat people food. Larry seems to easily fall for the crying woman act again, though he have thought he would have learned after Isla Fisher. Princess Margaret is probably my favorite of the royals. May she rest in peace. Becky definitely seemed to be taking after her lifestyle. Richard Lewis had some nice lines, and the John Hamm imitation was great, but it hit too try hard elsewhere. A bit too dry, or I don't know. Sorry. Um, anyway, he gives the episode uh, three out of five, even if I couldn't quite understand what he's saying at the end. Uh, Come with guy is the big St. Louis Cardinals fan, John Ham, 
And the Fakiyasa of the week is Queen Elizabeth, feeling all superior to her Princess Margaret. Whether this is a metaphor for Cheryl or not, either case holds, especially after the real one. Skeeved off work ill last week and turned up two days later watching the horse racing. Scrounger. Okay. I don't know what a scrounger is. I'll take his word for it. Yeah. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. All right. So what is our overall episode rating? Yeah, so from the audience, we got a score of 3.67. Um, but uh, we're going to knock it up with our each giving us a, a 4.5. So the audience rank was, as I said, 3.67, 35th overall for the audience. We knock it up to a 4.22 overall, making it a top 15 episode, slotting in um, as the 15th episode, 15th best episode of Career Theasm, Elizabeth, Margaret, and Larry. Perfect. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. Next week, we have Beep Panic. Very apropos name, at least the second word, because when it aired, the entire country, the entire world was panicking. <laughs> oh, true. They're not about beeps. So we'll have to learn what they're panicking about next week. Down the stretch we run of this final season of Curb, at least for this podcast, and I'm I'm very excited to uh, see Big Panic next week. I really, again, much like last week from the title, I don't remember anything about it. Do you remember anything? Yeah, I, I know the main storyline involves uh, Abby Jacobson in the car. Oh, she's like a waitress or something? Yeah. She's a waitress like who talks very openly about something. She's, yeah, I, I, I remember really nothing. So I'm very excited because there's there's not too many more times that I'm going to get to uh, watch an episode of Curb until season 12 comes and really uh, be coming in blind because the season finale I remember quite a bit about. So uh, next week, uh, as soon as I watch it, which might be tonight, I'm very excited. That will hopefully be, I forgot how I'm supposed to end the sentence. It's supposed to end in a way that I say the words. Get a life, Jews.